What's up, EDM champions? Thank you guys so much for joining us for our artist spotlight. And we are so excited to be joined by Fair. If you guys have not heard of Fair yet, I, I don't even know what to tell you at this point. Today is your lucky day. You're going to be hearing all their released tunes and also three unreleased tracks which they were so kind enough to provide to us to preview on the show for our EDM champions and our audience. But before we get into that, let me just tell you guys a little bit about FAIR. All right. It's this duo that's based in New York and California. And check this out. They've had debut releases on Hero Records. They've been covered by Your EDM and Divine Magazine. And they also have a collaboration with Rob Garza, which is already out on Armada Records. All right. Without further ado, Alec, are you ready? I'm so ready. I'm very pumped up for this conversation. I think we've been trying to get this going for a long time. So I'm finally glad that we could have them on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's bring them in. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Ryan and Charlie, how are you guys doing? Awesome, man. Thank you for We're having doing us. Great. Yeah, seriously. Thank you. We're happy to be here. Awesome, man. Yeah. You know, like Alex said, this has been a really, really long time coming. And uh, we're really excited to have you guys. And what I love about your music, and this is perfect timing, it's that perfect summertime vibes sort of music. Like, it makes me want to crack open a yeah. White Claw and sit at the pool six feet away from other people yeah. and just <laughs> and just hang out and chill out. Throw your mask so, on, walk down the street with a White Claw in hand. And that's what I'm talking about. Wait, well, speaking of mask on, right? You know that song, that that future song. When is he gonna make a follow yeah. up to that? Yeah. Saying yeah. mask Just on, like a like a co a COVID version of of future's mask on. I mean, why <laughs> That's not? That's what I'm saying. You guys, you know what? Maybe you should hit him up for a collaboration on that because I, I feel like yeah. that'd be really future. Really dope. If you're listening to this, let's let's make this happen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's an EDM champion, so that'd be pretty sick. Uh, but you know what? Let's just make sure that our audience gets a taste of your music. All right. So first of all, I want let me let me toss this over to you guys. What is the first song that you would like to play for our EDM champions to get a taste of what Fair is all about? We went back and forth on this a little bit, and I think we both have a crazy love for Bill Collins. Randomly, first thing that both came to our minds was invisible touch. I know, I know Charlie has some, uh, some phenomenal feelings on this song person. And I do also personally, but my first concert was Phil Collins when I was like seven years old. What? Uh, wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah, it's wild. And, uh, Genesis is like the most amazing super group ever in my opinion. But you know, an invisible touch has always been something that is like really held true in my musical life and like inspiration as far as and really held up i think musically over the years yeah i mean we're, we're both just huge 80s music fans and phil collins like kind of the king for us hell yeah, yeah. He's, he's a master of taking like really kind of dark um messages or like difficult topics or you know songs about lovers that are going to break you and then making them pop jams that you can't help but move to I am loving the love for Phil Collins right now, and I'm so jealous, Ryan, that that was your first concert ever. Like, I can't <laughs> even imagine. Old. <laughs> Charlie and I were talking about this right, uh, right before the the call, and saying, like, the guy is just he's he's so legendary because he like he's not your prototypical pop star. Like he is, he's totally. like a yeah, he's he's not like the best looking dude in the world. He's not like. <laughs> 
you know, it's debatable, he, like, debatable. Yeah, I, uh. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that his his hairline was going like in the early '80s, and yet, like, he's able to be sort of like self-deprecating and sort of play off of that and still make amazing music. Like his last tour was called the "I'm Not Dead Yet" tour. It's like, <laughs> like that is that to me is just hilarious. He's also I don't know if you guys have gone back and looked at like early images of Phil, but he's like the original hipster. Yeah, like when he exactly. when he still had hair and had a massive beard, he's got yeah. this photo fo- this photo shoot where like he would just crush anybody in Silver Silver Lake or Brooklyn. Just, yeah, <laughs> no chance. Sorry, guys. I feel like I feel like yeah. I'm learning so much right now about Phil Collins. Like all this information I've I, never I'm known actually, about Phil Collins I, until this conversation. I, I am actually writing a book about Phil Collins. So yeah, it can be. No, I'm just kidding. But it, it'll, uh, <laughs> I was about to say I, that I, is, I that is like, a commitment. <laughs> yeah, I was about yeah. to say, Alec, put that on my on my wish list for Christmas. You got to get that for yeah. me. Dude. <laughs> Fair's biography of Phil Collins. I'm just like itching over here because I just want to play these songs for our EDM <laughs> champions. So I think we just have to do it because I, I absolutely love these two tracks that we're about to play right now. I, I play it all the time when I'm showering. I try to match uh, Ryan's voice and I just, I can't. I'm just not able to do it. I can't sing like it. Trust I. me, he's tried Samir. very hard. He's tried very hard. It has Samir, a I do. Samir, that is a, that's a hell of an image. I don't, I don't know that I'm going to be able to get that out of my head the rest of the day. I'm so sorry. Maybe I should not have said that. Without further ado, let's go ahead and play the first song from fair it was off of one of their debut releases right here like i mentioned on hero records this is you are edm champions take a listen grab those white claws and sit back in your chair you know how to make an entrance walking through the door you got everyone's attention i've been begging you from my and you walk ahead of all your friends like everyone you've left This was definitely the first song that really got me onto you guys. I remember, uh, Brian, when we met in New York that one time by chance, you you showed me your Spotify yeah. and things. And I was like, wow, this this is actually like, I, I don't know if you thought I was joking, man, when I first told you at the time, but I was like, your shit is really, really good. Like, <laughs> it's really, really good. I know we had some drinks and everything, I mean, but it's, I'm being yeah. serious. Like, it was really, I mean, really it, good. It could, have, it could have been the complete opposite because I'm assuming that, you know, you guys probably meet a lot of people in music. So you're probably just like, oh, who's this fucking guy with, <laughs> the, of course he has a, of course he has a band. Cool. Like, yeah, he's going to show me his music again. Yeah, no. SoundCloud link. Can't wait. <laughs> right. I think that my favorite thing about the song again is that you can really you can hear just the energy and the passion, right? That's just in in every element and every layer of the song, not just in the vocals, but in the percussion. It's just the build up. It's really a really sweet song. And I think uh, just for your context too, I don't think we've really talked about this too much, but on this podcast, we've had a lot of different DJs and producers and things, and we've wanted to get some more people in the, you know, electronic kind of area or electronic band, right? For whatever purposes you want to categorize yourselves yeah. as. But we haven't really had too many of those people on. We've had people 
who have done some type of melodic uh, bass with like a lot of different vocals and stuff. But this is really the true. You're actually the first band proper that we've had onto the show. And we wanted to because what just caught our ear again is that passion. That's something that we're really about. It's creativity. It's passion. That's what we look for in people coming on. And I think everyone just heard that through this song. Samir, what, what did you think? The culmination, the whole thing from A to Z is so well done. And what I especially love of the, about this track are the driving synths. You know what yes. I mean? Like as soon as the track starts, it just goes, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. just like, can, can you do that, that sound effect again? We're going to sample just, that later. I know. I know. I, I, like, <laughs> that's the sound I make in the shower, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's but even like, better than just, what we've got. I just want to point out something that I really like about this track is I feel like it has a little bit more of a retro feel. Like I'm really focusing on those synths a lot and I really feel like it kind of blasts you back to the past a little bit in terms of the sounds that you're hearing, especially when it drops. Let me ask you guys, like, what's the story behind this track? Like, how did, how did, this, how did this ideation come to real life? Because we do work sort of on a bicoastal uh, basis, um, it was on a trip. I, I came out to uh, to L.A. and Charlie and I were messing around with a uh, a lot of different ideas. And this one was just like it really started with obviously with the beat and then the vocals. We just kind of we we were determined to get like the vocal layout done that day. And it's it's. It's one of those it was one of those feelings when you know you sit in you sit in like a writer's room or something like that with a beat and the vocal hits and you just go oh shit okay like that that's cool just to add to that also when we picked up the guitar and landed on that little funky lick that you played that kind of set everything in place for us i feel like it just yeah. cemented the whole composition around the beat around your vocals the melody and then just that little extra funk on top, it was like, this is it. We just got to, we got to take this and finish it from here. We knew that structurally it was there and, and we knew though that we wanted to get it right. So we took our time in ensuring that, you know, we, I mean, we, I, Charlie took the, took the time to ensure that uh, the production was fucking incredible because that's, that's his area of expertise. Certainly the whole theme of the song is, is, trying to show somebody that they shouldn't be insecure about the way they feel or they are truly absolutely beautiful in and out that's something that everybody can really relate to like everybody has their own insecurities everybody has things that they don't necessarily like about themselves but they don't see themselves through the eyes of other people that really love them so you know that's that's the biggest thing that we wanted to convey in this song i love that that powerful message you guys had with with you are and now I want to kind of also turn to this next track, which I absolutely love as well. It has a little bit more of a different story and a different flavor to it than you are does, right? <laughs> that so is let's, correct. Let's go ahead and play this next song over here. Guys, this is Fair's track, Had Enough. Take a listen. Wait, some things are better left unsaid. I got this feeling that I just can't explain. Drinking alone and breaking plans that we made But now you do what you do best Make it all up and fake the rest Sitting you're trying to make some sense Yeah, but I don't believe you I won't forget about the lies All the regrets and questions why And when I'm wrong, but we're not right So I guess I'll be leaving And I can wait till I'm walking out the door Cause it's too late I've had enough, so you can wait 
You know, man, this is, for lack of a better term, this makes me want to just groove out a little bit. You know, when you're in like a bar <laughs> with somebody, with my girlfriend, you just want to like groove out, move to it. It's one of those that I could just see mid-set just gets everybody feeling the vibes hard again, you know. When, when Do you guys drop this in, in your sets? Do you be, When do you put this song in, just for interest in your live performances? When we've played live shows, we've, we've played some of the new songs that you guys are going to preview. Um, and we'll kind of put those that sort of interspersed in, in the middle and we'll either either we end with uh, had enough or, or we kind of switch them out. So we'll put you are at the end and ha- and start with had nice. enough because they both they both ha- like like you were saying, they both have that sort of quintessential drop in them that where it hits a bit harder when that beat comes in and and gets every, everybody's like sort of like, oh, OK, that that's an, it was like, hmm, that's look an at interesting little group there. Yeah. look at you you little bass look at you looking all funky i like that let's let's talk about this track a little bit more right like let's dissect dissect this one can you tell me a little bit more about the writing process here so with you are you mentioned that it started with the drums and then you added the vocals on top and everything was kind of built up around that so how did it work out for had enough it's funny i i mentioned the guitar and in the last track um we started with you know just a very driving beat here um really percussion focus with the bass kind of being the main uh, complement to the drums, not worrying too much about synthesizers and like the verse and whatnot. Um, yeah. Ryan wrote some beautiful melodies over the top. And this is another one where the guitar actually like this took even probably more prominence. It's kind of like part of the hook here. Um, mm-hmm. Ryan played like a beautiful little kind of palm muted lick and we locked into that right away and kind of, kind of just went from there once we had that bass in there, there was so much, there was so much low end of it too. That like we, we weren't necessarily going to keep the guitar because that's obviously it influenced what we were writing at the time. But then we realized like that guitar adds that high end that kind of gives it that sort of spatial difference in, in a lot of the, in most of the track and, and really gives it a lot more depth than I think that we had before. And it, it was one of the first times that we were tracking guitars ourselves, which, which felt yeah. kind of like a scary move. Yeah. Yeah. There's always, there's this like, it, I don't know, it, I don't, a lot of producers probably feel this, but there's this imposter thing that I think happens when you start to um, take things out of the studio. And we came from kind of like a classic band background where we'd always work right. with a producer. We'd have an awesome room that we rented and um, and really great gear. And when we started taking stuff um, and just doing it in the bedroom, you know, which has become like so prevalent, um, it was time to direct in some guitars and get them to sound good. And I think we did, but (laughs) there was, there was a little fear there. And then, you know, by the time we we got ready to release, it was like, no, this all really sounds good. There was a lot of me like texting Charlie back and forth being like, Hey, do you have like a, (laughs) you have like a rig set up in Ableton live that you can just like send over to me? Cause (laughs) I don't really know what I'm doing. So, well, I, I mean, we've been working in Ableton for a long time, but so much of it was in the box and we've been right. trying to get a little bit more out of the box um, more recently, just for happy accidents, for a little more variety, for all of that. And I think when yeah. you're doing that, there's a lot of like, am I doing this right? And at yeah. the end of the day, just trust your ears and it doesn't really, there is no right, you know? Yeah, exactly. Some of the best sounds you, you hear like, oh, they recorded that vocal under a blanket. You know, like yeah. Yeah. Eilish is an example yeah, of that. I, I know that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys just mentioned that you came from a sort of band, traditional band sort of setup, yeah. right? And now it's just, it's the duo over here. You guys are on two separate coasts. So let's hear the origin story, right? 
how did you guys, you know, meet each other? Can you guys tell us a little bit more about your music education or music background? No education, but we can tell you that this, this all started on Craigslist, believe it or not. It's not a joke. All right. Wow. Let's hear it. Yeah, I'll leave this one to Charlie. Well, I, I was in a band um, in college and we had a, an awesome uh, female vocalist, but we, uh, we started to play some shows and she missed a few of the shows. One of them she actually canceled like while we were about to go on stage. We were oh, trying man. to get a hold of her. So the band kind of fell apart. I drove uh, kind of the exile of this vocalist and you know she was close to other bandmates so it was a tense time. But we made a post on Craigslist to find some new vocalists and uh, Ryan showed up. I think he was the second person that we auditioned out of maybe like five people in the day, some real hot shots, you know, just running vocalists in and out. Um, nice. But he showed up, he, he was dressed in uh, in a vest and uh, I, I don't know, just like had this cool outfit on. He looked like he was taking it very seriously. We took him seriously and he sounded great. It was it was kind of a clear choice right away. I was so overdressed. Like Everybody was like, everybody was, everybody like Charlie and, the, and our other two bandmates were like in uh, like basketball shorts and like t-shirts, everything. And I show up wearing like really prototypical 2010 skinny jeans that were just like painted on somewhere in Britain and like Chelsea boots and uh, oh, like an Oxford, a tucked in Oxford and a, a button up vest. Listen, <laughs> you, you were ready to be on stage at the Fonda and that's where we wanted to yeah. be. So this guy like, just finished what, up a J Crew photo shoot, yeah, and now he's over here yeah, on the yeah. street for but this like, band. Who thinks that they should go to a vocal tryout wearing a like a button-up vest that they can barely breathe in? Like <laughs> breathing's kind of important when it comes to singing, and I didn't. I was like, I need to look cool. That's going to be the most important part of this audition. Right well, that's why you wore the vest to this podcast. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. For the, yeah. Yeah. You, dude, you can take you the top there, hat I'm, off. I'm it's actually, not a video. Yeah. It's not a video you podcast. Take the three-piece suit off. It's okay. You don't need the third piece there. I think a tie is just fine. Yeah. We're very casual. Here. This chunky turtleneck is really hot, actually. So gonna... ne- needless to say, I've never seen Ryan dress nicely again. <laughs> Ever. What a disappointment it sounds like. From that day on, it was sweatpants every day. So Ryan. Uh, you, you, you tried out for this band. Obviously, I'm, I'm going to assume, Charlie, that he made it into the band. I didn't, right? actually. I, I did not. Oh. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. I made the wrong assumption. Let, sorry. I'm just kidding. We put it behind yeah. us. You know, he's yeah. a cool guy. Kept I, was, him around. I was salty about it for like a little bit, but then it was fine. <laughs> so then, so how did, how did Fair come to be from the band to the duo? I would say my bad, really, because I, <laughs> like, when... Uh, our old band, uh, which had the amazing, uh, incredible name of Montana 1948. Um, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so good. Oh, people are going to fact uh, check that now. I want They're that on a t-shirt As right it, now. Yeah, I think that we have some extra old t-shirts somewhere. And I, like, in the height of uh, that band, where we were actually um, really getting traction, uh, getting notice from some labels, and uh, getting played on a lot of local radio, playing, you know, going and playing like the Whiskey Go-Go in LA and uh, the Roxy in LA and uh, selling out shows in like San Francisco. I made the great decision to move to New York. 
in a time mm. where like recording digitally wasn't really a thing. Uh, and I was like, we, don't we worry, were guys. Based in like, the Bay Area. We were in yeah, San yeah. Francisco. Exactly. We we were we were based in San Francisco, and and I I was like, don't worry, guys. Like I, I you know I'm going for an internship. Like I'll just I'll be back in three months, and I stayed. <laughs> From that, uh, Montana didn't uh, survive necessarily. Charlie and I sort of used that, but like we we realized that you know there's a lot of other avenues that we can take to make music. And admittedly, like I had really fallen out of 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 writing. Uh, when I moved to New York, which was a huge bummer to me. And and if it wasn't for Charlie learning Ableton and production the way that he started to, like, you know, I, I would be, I would have been a wreck. Um, and I, I mean, I certainly owe it all to him because he's the one that really sort of took the onus and, and started doing a lot of this stuff and, um, and started, you know, producing beats and everything. And he would just kind of send them to me and ask me what I thought. And I'd be like, do do you mind if I put some vocals to this? And, and that's really kind of, you know, how things started. I mean, we, we, I, I then got myself in Ableton set up, got a mic and, and made some friends here in New York where I could start recording vocals. And given the circumstances and given that I don't live in LA or, or given the, like, given the fact that we don't live in the same city, the digital production side of things has, has really been, uh, I think, great for us to be able to collaborate because you know i know so many people that are still in that traditional band standpoint and they you know they, they couldn't do the same thing like they they are they're going to those practice studios like two or three times a week and recording like laying down drums and everything and it's it's made things economically easier for us obviously too but um but i think it it allows us it gives us that ability to be able to do things um from a a bi-coastal standpoint and and really i think that we are trailblazers charlie obviously because i mean <laughs> nobody's now, done this before now now, now you know <laughs> Sorry, now, every, now everybody's now everybody's doing it uh with covid going on so you know i think they're obviously they're obviously following our lead <laughs> it's a beautiful story <laughs> there you go i do i want to take one quick tangent here um i am responsible for for one thing that you're not going to believe on this podcast Let's hear this it. This is okay. a real tangent. I'm sorry, but I I just have That's to. That's fine. I taught Skrillex how to play beer pong. Fuck Did you really? here, dude. You're not going to. Yeah. People are going to be like, bullshit. This. Bullshit. No. <laughs> why but, didn't you? Uh, why didn't you lead with that to like start the podcast? You <sighs> yeah. should have opened the podcast with it. But, yeah. Well, uh, all right. Everybody stop. We're re-recording. We're going to start again. This band fair is sick and all, but what we really want to talk mm -hmm. about is Charlie Maynard mm -hmm. teaching Skrillex to play beer pong. Well, we're just, you know, we're talking about the legacy here, so I felt like yeah. it's appropriate to, <laughs> all right. to drop that Charlie, little nugget. You can't, you can't just say that and not give us the story. Okay. Okay. So this was post from first to last, if you guys remember when, you know, his Screamo days. And... Mm -hmm. We were, uh, we were hanging out with some friends uh, in the Bay Area in San Jose, and they were throwing a little house party. And Sonny uh, had come through. He was doing a, a smaller show with a band just before he'd released his first uh, Scary Sprites and Monsters. Is that? Is that yeah. Scary That's Monsters right. and Nice oh, yeah. Sprites. Yeah. It, yeah, he was like, I'm a terrible he was like friend. A, he was like a, me he was like a metal guy before, right? But yeah, I mean, hardcore like Screamo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he he had like a, a smaller electronic project that he was taking through San Jose and he had lined up uh, to crash at a friend's house, a mutual friend of ours. So I don't really know him, but he showed up at the party and we're like six months before he released his first uh, Skrillex EP. 
and uh he was kind of getting dogged on by all the girls at the party like people like who were uh you know fellow musicians were excited to see him you know he's like a kind of a legend of the time um but we started playing beer pong and he came over and he's like dude uh what are you guys doing and uh we showed him the game he'd never played before maybe it was like still new ish at that time i don't know um 2008 i want to say but uh he crushed it on the beer pong table and then he crushed it in life right after that and uh <laughs> that's pretty that's the whole story yeah. he had all of his hair his full like beautiful mane he had not shaved half of it yet and then yeah. the rest is history i'm sure he doesn't how... remember it but <laughs> that is absolutely amazing I wow that. i do want to say as a final note obviously he does not remember this i'm sure he has no idea who i am but he was just the nicest guy Huge fan that's of that great. dude. So I love to, I love to have that I've story in the back pocket. About him. That has an amazing story. I, I love that. And clearly there's just so much that has gone into building up the brand of Fair, you know, bringing it to where it is right now. So a question that I've had for you guys is what's your vision for this? Like, where do you want to take it? I assume it goes beyond just playing beer pong with Skrillex. Right, I think there's going to be some other things in your pipeline. What are some of the stuff? I don't in your know. Pipeline? That seems what like peak fair to me. That, that's a big one, though. To be yeah, fair, that yeah, is a big yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that Charlie and I have always had a a long term vision for what we want to do, and I and I think it really, you know, if you look at somebody like Sia, for example, Sia is a, is a massive pop star, but she really cut her teeth and really like. She had some incredible, incredible, incredible music that came out in the beginning of her career that was considered like indie music. Um, and she wrote a bunch of music for a bunch of other artists and was able to really show her like pop side of things. I think that Charlie and I realized that like from a longevity standpoint, we want to release as much music for Fair as possible. We want to use Fair as an avenue to, to be able to collaborate as much as possible too, because Charlie is an incredible, incredible producer. Um, and you're too kind. You, uh, yeah. <laughs> and we realize that like, if we're, if we're able to, the two of us work with other artists to, to build up and like write songs for other people too, like that certainly has, it gives us sort of more of a, a longevity plan within the music industry. The biggest things for us now, right, right now, are obviously getting out the the next few tracks that we have lined up. We're working right now on those releases and um, and finding a home for them. It's interesting to be able to do something with somebody who is like one of your best friends in the world, and I I think that it it doesn't necessarily like it doesn't feel like a job or anything when it's when Charlie and I work together because we are so very close and are able to just do this because we really really love doing it and and mm -hmm. and want to continue doing it in any fashion that we possibly can so i feel like that is our brand our friendship through the years has is really what we want to to show people through through everything that we do yeah it's it's like a, i mean we have really high aspirations we want to connect with as many people as we can and um yeah you know that's all great but at the end of the day our vision is just being able to make music with each other and have a good time, you know? I think a lot of people in the music industry oftentimes take, you know, there, there's a lot of stars or people that are really huge that kind of take it for granted um, and take, take for granted the position that they've 
come into. Um, and I'm not saying that, I mean, we are by no means there at all, but mm-hmm. we're privileged. We are privileged to be able to just do this the way that we're doing it. We are, we're so happy and so grateful that we are able to continue to make music uh, and able to release music that we love uh, and, and do it on and do it the way that we like to do it. Um, and that's, you know, I, I think that oftentimes you get a lot of people can get really, really jaded by the industry and 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 don't really take a step back to to realize that they are in a position to do something that they truly, truly love to do and, and should really appreciate every moment that they get to do it. So how do you stay in that mentality? Because I think you're absolutely right. We have talked to people and they say a lot of the producers are saying that one of the hardest things is to keep that motivation, to keep that creative, you know, vibe for lack of a better term but more importantly also just to realize that they're doing what they love i mean how do you guys do that especially if you're recording you know remotely with each other how do you guys stay connected how do you stay creative and motivated are there any tips that you can share with producers and bands and people who are listening to this episode absolutely um i think there are a lot of of different things that you can do um one one thing i think for me as a producer is, is to never stop learning you know um, always try and experiment with new synthesizer sounds or like reverse engineer um, any kind of synth sound or section from a song that you love and and take that as a challenge and then turn it into a new song idea of your own. Uh, collaboration is huge. Um, mm-hmm. We mentioned earlier like the collaboration with Rob Garza. That's been really fun. Being able to work with people to get you outside of your comfort zone and throw you new challenges is huge for that. For those of you out there that... that- uh, might not know Rob, go give yourself an education and listen to Thievery Corporation and their entire Rolodex of music. Their their whole catalog is is so amazing and they've been doing it since the early 90s and just are still playing to thousands and thousands of fans on every single show and tour for a couple years at a time. And for us... For Charlie and I, like working with Rob has been really special because he's such a humble person mm-hmm. and such a a really laid back dude. It's taught us to be specific in in the way that we communicate. It's it, as far as like the creative mentality goes. You know, Rob has been doing it for a long time, and then there's there's no room or time for like fluff or a sort of ambiguity. And I think that he. You know, when we worked with him and, and wrote Dissolve with him, um, we had an initial idea that was like, we thought was cool. And then he came back, he's like, no, uh, this is not the vibe I want. And it's like, that's, <laughs> that's when you collaborate with somebody, like, that's what you want. Like, you, you don't want like, yeah, okay, that, I, I could, maybe, yeah, totally. You want, like, you want that binary situation. You want yes or no. You want ones or zeros. You know right. what I mean? It's like. You, you want to be told like, this is, this is good. Like, I like this or like, no, nah, let's scrap this and move on. And I think that that's, it's really helped Charlie and I in our own creative mentalities to be able to learn from that and say like, we need to bring that to our own writing uh, as well. And I mean, he's, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's really great to be able to work with a guy like him who is so established in the industry himself. And just, it's, it's been really, really cool to, to, you know, build a friendship with them. 
you you need to have that transparent and honest and open communication and i feel like sometimes people can especially if it's revolving around things any creative they might take it defensively or they might take it the the, the wrong way and not seeing it as a growing point and improvement so i think it's really cool that you guys see it that way and incorporate that into your creative process i think a, another thing that helps us stay really motivated and this is probably one that comes up a lot maybe it's a little bit cheesy but I'm going to say, listen to podcasts, listen to podcasts with your favorite artists. And again, this sounds so cheesy, <laughs> right now, but um, this wasn't scripted, by the way, this is, this is great. Hey, Organic, and, you know, purely natural. And listen to one very specific, <laughs> yeah, one exactly. specific podcast. podcast that you need to know <clears throat> beyond beats. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anytime I can hear an interview with somebody that I, that I really love and they're always popping up or you can go in the archives and find them on YouTube, whatever. Um, but if there's like something with Rick Rubin or Kevin Parker from Tame Impala, um, Flume, Dave Grohl, all these like different people that are heroes to me for different reasons, um, getting a window into how they do things or how they think about things and remembering that they're just human beings who like push through that, that period of not feeling inspired or push through like huge frustration and then still came out the other side and, and made it to that spot that maybe you want to be in or, or some version of it. I think it's, it's really important in helping to like visualize yourself there and to also kind of just remind you that, uh, you know, you can do this. So I think a lot yeah. of, of burnout feelings come from feeling like frustration with your own craft or feeling like you're an imposter or something like that. Yeah. So getting outside of your head and listening to others speak about it, um, in a very personal format like that is monumental man it's huge for sure and i think that's i think that's you know you guys talked about at the beginning about how we're the first like band to do this podcast and i i think that that's that's what gives us strength because i feel like charlie and i both recognize our strengths and weaknesses and can help each other with that like it's it's when one of us could potentially be have that feeling of burnout or frustration or like or just like doubt about yourself the mm -hmm. other one's there to pick that person up and I, I think that that's the most important part especially because we're such close friends I mean that like that's the biggest part of it is that we can we don't just talk to each other as like collaborators you know we're we've known each other for so long and we've been so close for so long that we we're able to to ensure that we're always there for each other not just on like a professional level but from a friendship level as well. I, I love that. I'm very jealous of that because Samir and I cannot stand each other, you know, so we don't have any of that. Back <laughs> I get so annoyed with hey, him all the say time. That. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you. I was going to say, I, I noticed some tension earlier. Like, <laughs> There's yeah. just some tension in the podcast, man. It's during, so during the mic checks, I was like, oh my God, these guys hate <laughs> each other. Jeez. Yeah, I know. You can cut the tension with a knife, dude. Oh, man. No, but it's so cool to hear that because we feel very much the same way. Obviously, it's a, a different artistic endeavor, but doing a podcast and running it and being bi-coastal funnily enough too right because i'm out here in san francisco he's over there in new york yeah it's definitely a similar type of thing where you you hold each other accountable but you're also friends so it's it's a right it's a it's an interest and i feel like not all friends can work well together i don't know about you guys but like there are some friends that's like oh yeah i love them i want to hang out with them but i could not do something like this with no totally well and all collaborative relationships can be challenging any relationship is challenging you know we we run up against points where we're frustrated with one another, but you just gotta, you know, figure out ways around it. Um, it's just how it goes sometimes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I got, I got one more thing and th this is probably, 
not as helpful right now for very obvious reasons, but staying connected. Charlie, Charlie's, and, now, Charlie's now interviewing you guys. <laughs> <laughs> staying, staying connected by being able to go to shows is also yeah. yes. massive. Mm. Dude, a- anytime I go to a show, it, doesn't, it almost doesn't matter who the band is. As soon as I get up to the stage and I see the gear getting set up or see somebody that's just like really feeling uh, the crowd and feeling the performance up there, that's like, that always just gives me fresh inspiration, fresh motivation, and uh, just kind of like excitement for what I do. And yep. I will say to, to the point, like the, the time that we're in right now where people can't perform live, there are some awesome streaming shows happening out there. There was a mode selector show that I saw uh, the other night that was just incredible. Tycho played last night on um, the LIB fest- festival stream, mm-hmm. which was just fucking awesome. I mean, it's just him in his like studio room that he's set up. He's got a few cameras, but, uh, but I, I was super inspired yeah. just watching him master those synths and uh, sequence everything and impro- like improvise over the top. Um, but live performance and just like drinking that in is, is really important for that. Yeah. I think, I mean, Rob, Rob's Rob Garza has been doing a bunch of those too. Like he's been, there've been a lot of like digital, like streaming festivals that have been going on. And he's been doing a lot of those like streaming and everything. And I think, I think it's, it, you know, given the time that we're in it, it's, it's really, you don't, I don't think that you realize just how many businesses or any, like how, how much is dependent on, you know, people being able to go about their everyday lives. And Karen O posted something on, on, uh, on Instagram the other day that, that really kind of put things in perspective that it's, you know, once this is all over, going back to venues, going back to clubs is something that is going to be cathartic for everybody. It's going to be something that helps everybody get through, whether it be grief or coping or whatever it might be. Like once this is all over, just getting that sense of normalcy back and and being able to put all of the craziness behind you and and being able to see a live show. She 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 put a post on uh on Instagram about how her and like all of those indie bands in that New York scene in like the early like two thousand one um uh started going back and playing shows after nine eleven. And it was a way for it was a way for people in New York City to be able to go to shows and put this horrible thing that had happened in outside of their heads for a bit and just kind of lose themselves in the music that was being played. And I think that we have to remember like these digital, like these streaming concerts are great, but there's so much great music to be seen at live venues. And, you know, we, it, it's going to be such a great medication for everybody once everything sort of goes back to normal and we're able to do things like that. Absolutely, man. You know, it's so funny because Alec and I talk about this quite a bit, especially on the podcast saying Alec will always hold this, you know, near and dear to his heart, but you know, it's just not the same digital streams and digital festivals are just not the same as physically being on the dance floor, connecting with the performer on stage, connecting with each other, really just being in each other's company and just really soaking in that high energy and that high positive vibe. Um, So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to getting back onto the dance floor, but I'm so, so glad that you guys brought up, you know, like what is life going to look like after COVID, especially in the, in the music industry? So let me ask you guys something. What do you think that cr- the COVID-19 crisis has brought about in terms of changes in the way people connect with each other, 
through music, collaborate yeah. with each other through music. I want to hear your thoughts on that. I, I, I honestly think, oddly enough, that there's been more collaboration in the last two months than, than is typical. Um, I know we, we've worked with uh, this really incredible woman, uh, Lena Leone, who uh, she is friends with Prince Fox. And just like Prince Fox put something out on uh, his Instagram account or something like that and saying like, oh, I'm looking for a top line for this. And she just went in, took the, she like texted him, went in and put a top line. And now like they have a song coming out. Like it's amazing. Like that's, there's, there's more collaboration because people like us that, that do things from a digital standpoint are able to still go on and, and create a lot of music. And that's, that's the other side of things too, is that oftentimes there's probably, I I would almost see that, I would almost think that there's going to be like a music release boom because so many bands so many groups so many djs are not touring one thing that i want to add to i mean it's kind of the same thing that you're saying but just something that's really been interesting is i've noticed a lot more people reaching out to each other to work on things so the prince fox thing is a really good example of you know how access is there now but it seems like a lot of people because they're cooped up really want to get more things going like hey can you help me with this idea and you're hearing from people that you haven't heard from in a long time or people are just letting their walls down a little bit and they just want to collaborate with whoever they can so i think it is a really good time to just take advantage of that and try and work on as many things as you can without burning yourself out and just have fun get into a creative zone and uh you know see what comes out of this my creative juices have certainly been flowing and that's uh, to the detriment of my girlfriend who uh, <laughs> has to deal with me, has to deal with me just like singing the same thing over and over again in our apartment while we're like working throughout the day. And uh-huh. just finally, just like, like, I'll like, I'll have my acoustic guitar and just play the same three notes over and over again, just like staring off in the distance, be like, this is, this sounds cool. And I don't really, I don't realize that I've been playing the same chords for like 10 minutes straight and she'll finally turn around and be like, could you just fucking stop? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, that makes, that makes total sense. You're right. Cause we're, we're in a a New York apartment uh, that there's nowhere to really escape and not hear everything that each other's doing. So yeah, no, totally. Right. (laughs) So Ryan, I wanted to ask you this question that it really, I think it's a perfect segue from this because you've worked at you worked at pandora pre- previously right in the performance i did yes i did yeah so how do you feel about the way in which artists can get their music out there now and the whole business models around it especially with players like spotify really coming in how, how do you feel about that whole yep. streaming landscape and th- how that affects artists in particular rather than the consumer well, funny story about uh, Pandora is that when we released our first single, Had Enough, it was available on every single streaming uh, uh, product that you could get, except Pandora, <laughs> where I worked. <laughs> How dare that? I was like, what? Everybody should have complained like, to your HR. Yeah, That's unacceptable. Yeah. And it's like, they're like, oh, it can take like, you know, two, three weeks sometime. I'm like, two, who else has this issue? Yeah, there's a release date. What do, what do you mean? Like this is ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm I'm assuming I'm assuming they fixed that problem. But um, I I honestly think that with the way you know artists aren't. I, I think that there's a huge push for a lot of people to uh, 
they want more like a bigger piece of the pie from um from the streaming services and whatnot and i and i i get that i i i wholly understand that from a uh from a business perspective but at the same time it's i i feel like the music is and this is going to sound really strange but like music now is almost sort of a promotional tool for what you can do from like a live perspective or something like that like a lot of a lot of the ways that that music makes money now isn't isn't in listening so to speak it's not with everyday listening though i i mean that being said I, there you know the upper echelon of musicians like the the top 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 brass of the you know billboard 100 charts they're making a lot of money off of streaming but right but the 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 people that are sort of in the middle or lower classes of uh, of music are they make money off of touring and they make money off of um and they make money off of like publishing and sync and mm-hmm. I, I think that's there are so many new services that are coming out now that are trying to make it easier for artists to be able to sync their tracks to things like YouTube videos or, um, or like YouTube uh, publishers and, and channels that people are want to use music for that they can actually get paid from uh, or like video games, like mobile games, stuff like that. Uh, you know, the TikToks of the world, like that kind of stuff is, I think there's more avenues that aren't the traditional music forward avenues that it's not just going to a Spotify or a, or a Pandora and listening to music. There's more places like the TikToks or the YouTubes of the world, uh, or, you know, obviously touring and everything that are, that is actually helping build and break more music and, and allowing more musicians to be able to more easily release music than ever before. And obviously, you know, the barrier to entry, uh, to be able uh, to, through things like Spotify is, is, really small now so i mean like anybody can release their music and it's it's easier than ever to to be able to have your music readily available and listened to by mass audiences if if you can get it in the hands or the ears of the right people yeah i think that's an interesting change right because if it feels to me that that barrier to entry is lower but i feel like the barrier to actually making money off of streaming is just um, yeah it's been raised a little bit right so there's that kind of trade-off oh, that yeah. you get with it yeah you there's know. that it's a it's a stark contrast for sure yeah and that's 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 what i'm saying like using something like a spotify or a a youtube or something is is almost it, it's it's a promotional tool it's something it's something that you can use like you would almost use your Instagram account or something like that. It's something that you can use to help promote your music and have a wider audience hear it and then be able to then tour and make money off of your tour or off of your tour dates or have somebody hear it and be able to sync it to, you know, a TV show commercial, something like that. Um, so I, 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 I don't like, unfortunately you know i i don't know that there's a ton of money to be made if you're just going at it in the in the old fashioned way of like radio streaming people mm-hmm. are going to listen to my music and that's all i'm going to do so there it's it's sort of a it's sort of like a 360 kind of business model now where you you have to you have to have all facets of everything sort of um running on full steam to be able to to actually make a buck now and do you see this as something that's part of a larger trend moving forward? Do you feel as if that 
business model is just going to come, I guess, even more 360 degrees as we get different avenues. Like, how do you see the business model developing going into the future? Oh, yeah. I, I think the 360 business model is, is, I think, I mean, I think it was like Live Nation that was really starting that back in the day. They signed Madonna to like a $250 million deal and she just, she gets that money straight up and then they get her tour money, they get her streaming yeah. money, they get whatever. They're the king you of virtualization like, there. I mean, they've really just... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's pretty insane. We just did an episode where we, brought, we you know, went into the Q1 earnings from it and people were saying, oh, you know, they're not doing you know they're doing pretty badly right now and stuff and i was like well just turn back the page and go to 2019 if you see what they're yeah. doing right yeah. and the amount of free cash that they had they had something to the the number of i'm gonna probably be fact checked and be wrong but it was something around 800 million dollars in free yeah. cash wow which is just wow, insane. Wow, and that's wow. because they've just come across and like you know verticalized everything but that's a yeah. little side tangent there but <laughs> yeah and i mean you know that's that's the thing too is that i i think i think that you you can see more of that where you almost like musicians can almost be paid like typical employees would in a, in a normal corporation. You know, it's, it's, they're getting paid a salary or they're getting paid a lump sum over like royalties and so on and so forth. Like you sign over a lot of that, obviously like it's not, it's not necessarily something that is good from a musical standpoint, but it, if there's a way for, musicians to make a more to make a steady income doing this and, and approach it like a like a typical career instead of sort of the the roller coaster highs and lows of everything and i think that that's beneficial for almost anybody in the music industry well to wrap this section off before we play any of the new unreleased music we've got three fantastic tracks i mean these things are just they are as i would call them certified bangers i want to hear them live when each I, one has its own bangers. unique sound to it you know it's just i'm so pumped up to be playing those tracks <laughs> thank, thank you. you of course of course you got the beyond the beats you know approval uh for it but before we get into that, there's I did put this onto the show notes. Forgive me, guys, for putting you on the spot here a little bit with it. But I just was like, you know, we have to ask it because we ask everyone that comes onto the show this one question. Okay. If there's anybody past or present that you could do a collaboration with, who would that be and why? It could be a band. It could be an individual producer. It can be a singer. It anybody. could be Phil Collins. No, yeah. we have yeah, to think, move on. We already talked I about it. I think we it. answered that in the first segment, yeah, guys. I think that's one person we got. What's the second choice? Phil, What's if you're listening. <laughs> Phil, we Phil are available. Phil is an Indian champion, I'm pretty sure. He listens to this podcast. Yeah, he's, he's a regular listener. Did you guys not know that? That's right. <laughs> I, I imagine that we probably have different answers as, you know, Charlie being the producer would probably be looking for someone to collaborate with. Well, you can have two separate like, answers. From That's like a okay, vocal actually. standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I, I think, yeah, no, I think Charlie, you go first and I'll give mine. Oh man. Uh, it's really tough for me. I, I, I kind of want to split it into uh, like present day and then maybe past. Can I okay, do that? Sure. Is that allowed? Yeah. Uh, we will, we're going to give you like, book. we're going to give you like seven answers okay. actually. You know what? He, yeah. I, I gotta say, Kevin Parker for present day. The man is just a well of talent and just wonderful ideas. I know he works by himself a lot, but he's been doing some collaborations a little more recently. So that would be probably like number one yep. contemporary. Now's the time to hit him up, <sighs> right? He's trapped in Perth. I'm sorry. So I hear. Let's do it. <laughs> um, I would love to go to Perth. Let's see. Uh, and then past. 
Um, I'm gonna go with Phil. I'm just we opened with Phil. Yeah, he's huge. He's not afraid to go too big, and I want to go big with him. And I, I also want one of those padded, like shoulder, uh, like jacket kind of yeah. classic yeah. professional blazers that he wears. Maybe you shoulder pad. You want? One. Yeah. You want? You want to? You want to get matching shoulder pad blazers? Yes. Like, That's what I'm you trying and, to you say. And, you and Phil Collins mobbing through LA like the movie oh. Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. You described it perfectly. Yes. <laughs> That would be a Next hell time. of a cover art shot there. That would be a hell of a press Next photo. fair show, Alec and I are going, and I want to see these jackets on oh, yes. stage. Oh, yeah. All right. Don't challenge shoulders. us to uh, such a good time. We'll, we'll take you up on it. All right. Pumped up. Yep. Ryan, how uh, about you, man? For me, uh, I have a similar one to yours. Mine, mine is kind of like, in Parker, it would be more of the, uh, I think, Francis and Lights. Ooh. Uh, nice. yeah yeah from a that's that's more from a modern perspective because I, I think that I, I really i just want to beat him up and take his vocoder technology that he that he developed with bonnie Vare. <laughs> he posted it online and, you and don't have to beat him bonnie, up what yeah. <laughs> okay i take that back francis yeah. and lights i don't want to beat but you, you up i'm just kidding take his vocal style that's his. Oh, okay cool like okay let, then okay we should connect offline because i, I want to do that there you go um <laughs> yeah um from a from a past standpoint i the the one that immediately jumps into my head is is quincy jones um mm-hmm. i i think quincy jones is the single biggest musical genius of of the last century um mm. you know you go from he he orchestrated and wrote things for Frank Sinatra and then produced and wrote the, and wrote the thriller album. I mean, (laughs) that's, that is bridging so many generations and so many genres that, that he is, he is just an absolute legend. Um, and, 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 you know, he would be somebody that I, that I think, you know, I, I mean, obviously I would want to collaborate with him back in like, the the eighties or the or the sixties or something like that. Um, so we'll time because, travel. Yeah, to yes, Quincy Jones. <laughs> yes. If somebody well, get a DeLorean. We present. can make this work. Bring him to he's the still present. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's, yeah. yeah, he's still around, but we we want yeah. past Quincy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for I, sure. For, so randomly, because of the of this pandemic and everything going on, I I, I found myself in California for an extended period of time, and. Uh, was staying at my parents' house for a week for um, for Mother's Day, and took my mom's car to like go get a uh, to go pick up some groceries for her. And she happened she has this extended deluxe version of the Thriller album in there that has interviews. Oh, nice! That has oh. interviews with Quincy Jones, and Quincy Jones is going through every single track and like how it was produced and and everything they did. And I was like. I, I sat in my parents' garage when I got back from the grocery store for like another twenty minutes, just listening to the Quincy Jones interviews because they were That's so awesome. so interesting. Uh, and he he's you know he I, I I would love to just get a beer with that dude uh, and pick his brain and have him tell me stories because it would be incredible, dude. Wow, solid answers. I feel like the, those are not answers that I was expecting, but I'm really, really pumped up on those answers for sure, dude. You thought we All were right. going to say Skrillex, didn't you? I thought you were going to say Skrillex. <laughs> but, you know, I thought somebody was going to say like Calvin Harris, you know what I mean? But no, that, I mean, that's all, awesome. Also man. great answers. We've been teasing this throughout the show. 
And the world is ready to hear some brand new music from the duo that is fair. Charlie and Ryan, thank you guys for allowing us this opportunity to get this in front of our audience, the EDM champions. So we got three unreleased tracks right here. And I'm super pumped up to be playing these out because I feel like every single one of these tracks has a different sort of story and a different sort of vibe to it. So after we play each track, if you guys could tell us a little bit more about the story behind it and how the ideation came about, we'd greatly appreciate that. So the first song we're going to play right here, Alec, all right, cue this up for us, man. Cue this up. Can you get out your tape deck? All right. Pop this little <laughs> tape over here that, uh, that Ryan and Charlie mailed out to us. And this first song here, EDM Champions, is Talk in Circles. Take a listen. It's something to live for, darling. A reason to move on from the last. Look out and see. Horizons are made by darkness. The light at the end is all I have. So it's time you tell me. I am obsessed with the start of this song. I absolutely love the beginning. It just it's building up and up and up, and I I, I love it, man. What a great great track. This is something yeah. that would make me talk in circles when I'm introducing people to the song. It's it's a journey, man. Like it's, it starts from this certain place, but then it really like escalates right to this place where you're just like, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. Give me the drop, right? And it, and it and the hook just comes at you and it just releases this this energy that, you know, we, we all know and love it and especially electronic dance music, electronic pop. So, guys, where did this track come from? Like, we, we gotta know. Straight from the Phil book within the yeah. air tonight. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, when in doubt, yeah. just go back to Phil. Exactly. I need that I, on a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. What would, Wait, what would Phil do? That would be a great t-shirt. What would Phil do? Absolutely. So, Guys, tell tell us a little bit more about this one. Like, how, how did this how did this track like who started this one? Was it Charlie? Was it Ryan? Who was the Ryan. first one to say, "Let's try this out"? Well, wait. I want to say something about this one. It's kind of interesting. We've been working on this track for a long time. It's uh, kind of just been one that I, I think was actually the first like real fair idea that we both loved. Yeah. And we decided we weren't ready to release it a while ago. It went through a bunch of iterations. We shelved it. We focus on other music, you know, as it so often goes. But um, it's one of our biggest loves, and we're we're so excited to uh, to finally share it with everybody. Um, yeah, Ryan, yeah. you want you want to add the, more to that? I'm sure. Yeah, this is the, <laughs> this is actually a song that haunts me because I can't figure out how to like not in a bad way, but like I can't figure out how to change the settings in my Ableton and. Uh, every single time I open up a new session in Ableton, the old tracks from this first idea just populate into my Ableton. So I, and, I, and it's interesting because I go back and listen to it. I'm like, oh my God, like <laughs> A, I'm really bad at producing things and B, 
like this song has evolved an incredible amount um yeah you're talking about was, the earliest demo of it that you that you comped up yeah mm, yeah yeah it's like legitimately i i don't know how it's like a template of sorts that just pops up into my ableton whenever i try to write a new song shout out to templates yep, yep. <laughs> um a, alec is a big template guy yeah. i'm starting to get more to yeah. templates yeah. definitely templates. definitely a time saver for sure big old yeah. template so big template guy over there so this one would like this one it was obviously went in, in like a in, in a darker sort of lower tone direction Im- immediately um and I, and I think it's it's something that kind of comes to Charlie and I fairly naturally uh sort of going with those that like lower tempo lower register kind of tones and everything that um that we really really love and it's it's really just it's a song about conversations like it's it's a song about just being open with communication and and just like the simplest of things in either a friendship or relationship or something like that that is so easy like you you kind of take for granted because it's all about just all you need to do is just talk to me about these things and we can get past them i i honestly love how much thought you guys put into writing the songs and the themes of it and i think it's just because you know here's here's the thing that I, I didn't tell you guys before is samir usually is not a fan of lyrics in a track or anything like that <laughs> but he absolutely loves you guys for the reason is because when you're putting in you know i jokingly call it just the words in a track right they're not just meaningless they have actual meaning to it there's a theme there's a real story to it and you can yeah and all of your tracks are like that and i and i love that you're playing off the same theme again in you know talking circles as you have on previous tracks too i think it's really nice it's almost like your listeners yep. are getting uh it, it's just a larger narrative that's talking about a certain theme and you're going to play on that and so absolutely tracks. i love that like a lot of Alec is absolutely right. Like I'm not one for lyrics in my songs whatsoever. I'm a big techno guy, big house guy, beats. right? So <laughs> I, I really do just like the beats. The but purest. I think I think the problem that I have with just vocals and electronic music, just in general, is that a lot of them just play upon the same trope over and over again. They don't evolve that trope. But you guys, when you really think about your theme, you really think about like, okay, how do I? How do I write lyrics that really take this idea that everybody's thinking, but in a new way, kind of presenting it in a, in a new way? And that's what I love about your music, man. And this next song that I, I just got to play right now for the EDM champions is another unreleased track from Fair. All right. It's called On Fire. And when I first heard the drums kicking yes. in, I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Charlie is snapping necks and cashing checks with this one. All right. Woo. So without further ado, guys, take a listen. This is another unreleased track from Fair, and it's called On Fire. Here it is. Gonna pick up my things and I know that I won't Never know what I want but I know what I don't And I can't remember the way that I had With a gun to my head and a pen in my hand And now I'm thinking Well it feels just like I'm losing my mind And I guess I always knew I yeah, it feels just like I'm losing my mind And I'm gonna set it on fire
It's a bit, I don't know about you, but my speaker started smoking a little bit when I first put this on. Yeah, there's some smoke yeah. coming out of it, and I was like, hold on, let me just make sure everything's all right. And I put the first, you know, phrase on loop, and it just kept on going, and it was just pounding me yeah. with that bass, and it just started, it, it just exploded. And I no longer have a speaker, so thank you guys Dude, for doing that. But oh. I got a text message on my phone <laughs> saying, earthquake warning, shelter in place, when I started playing this song, all right? So it's 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 the it's the percussion the percussion is amazing and then ryan your voice the way that it comes in yes. it's it, the whole thing it's it, it's so nice. so well done i like this track is a little bit more mellow than some of your other tracks as well so again you guys are changing the theme can you tell us a little bit more about the writing process for this one please yeah this was this was a weird this was one of those where i i used to give myself uh deadlines when it came to like i mean i still do certainly but like it was like a like I set up a recording session and like I'm going to record the song and it's one of those where like the day before you're up all night and like writing lyrics and everything and like or even in like the Uber on the way to uh, our <laughs> friend Lena's studio I was like finishing up lyrics and it's it, it was like I knew thematically what I wanted it to be about I just wanted to make sure that everything was kind of in the right place and she Lena actually. Uh, she, she recorded, uh, the vocals for this song from an engineering standpoint. And she, uh, she actually also did the gang vocals with me, uh, on the, uh, sort of the, in the chorus and, uh, in the bridge. And she was super, super helpful in being able to help us sort of record a lot of things properly. And she's always been really great in tell me like from a vocal standpoint, if, something sounds good or it doesn't sound good or, and we should just sort of try a bunch of other things and she's really experimental in that way which i, I always appreciated on fire was you know just a straight smoking hot beat that charlie sent me one yep. day and i actually do remember this i do remember this sending charlie a voice memo of the chorus of like an idea that i had for the chorus and be like i'm gonna set it all up and i I sent it back. I sent it to him and he goes, uh, yeah, man, I don't know if I'm feeling that. Like, <laughs> Can't be afraid to be not, direct like, in your communication. That's right, dude. And that's I was right. like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, you know, he was being, he was being upfront with me and telling me he yeah. didn't like something. And in this case he was wrong, but oh. <laughs> and because let, that, be, let that is know. fire. It happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. But I was like, I was like, dude, just trust me on this one. I think with the way that I hear it in my head and the way that I want to record it, it'll sound really cool. And then as soon as we sent that initial bounce over to Charlie of all the harmonies and everything that are in there, he was like, Oh shit. That is not <laughs> Sometimes the way that I heard hear it. it to believe. He's like, he's like <laughs> right. that is definitely not the way I heard it in my head. That sounds awesome. Yeah. We got one more song. All right. And I know you guys are still working on this one, but nonetheless, it's already sounding so amazing. So we got to play this one last track for the EDM champions. This one is called Animal. So turn up the speakers and take a listen.
Samir, I don't know about you, but when I was listening to this, what I did was, you know, it was a little bit early in the morning, a little too early normally for me, but I put on a beach background, you know, kind of like a nice. beach background <laughs> on, on my uh, computer screen. Actually, no, it was on my TV. I put a, a Chromecast onto the TV. Then I was like, you know, fuck it. I need a white claw to listen to the song and truly appreciate it. So I grabbed open a white claw, <laughs> brought over the girlfriend. We sat on the sofa and we're like, I need to be out dancing at a beach club right now. Ma, this, uh, man. Sounds like exactly you transported to Sandals. You, you <laughs> just went straight to the Sandals Beach Resort. I did. Just straight to... It was just the ad. That's what I had on. I had their ad. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they, they always make those resorts look so nice. You they know what make I mean? it look amazing. But it's like, honestly, really you guys do. should submit your music for them. I swear to God, Sandals, they would put it on. They'd be like, this is it. This is the track oh, Hell yeah. God, if we, but, Sandals, if you're listening, we would love to get in with you guys. If, if it's a possibility. Uh, yeah, we, we don't even need to get paid. I just want like trips to sandals maybe even just one trip have you have you seen like the promos they had like you can just swim with dolphins yeah. come on it's yeah. amazing it's amazing sandals they can make it like the limbo music something underrated you know, just, just something yeah. to limbo really music that's that an map. untapped genre that we need to get into <laughs> limbo yeah yeah you're right we are but, we're gonna revolutionize the limbo I love it. One thing that really stood out to me about this track are like those those driving synths and then the way that the the vocals kind of layer yes. on top of each other, especially in, in the hook, right? Just, I, I don't know how you do it, man. I really just, I don't know how you do it, but you guys really just kind of bring this whole package together and we say this over and over again, but you, it's very well thought out from A to Z. So what's the story behind this one and when are we going to get the completed product, man? I want it. <laughs> yeah, soon. Th so this is a beat that, Charlie sent that he it was originally oddly called reggaeton uh, yep. because it had like a reggaeton beat to it. Absolutely, you told and me you was, wanted you wanted to do like he, a reggaeton. You're like spin up a reggaeton kind of drum groove for me. Let's yeah. do something in that that vein. And then well, somehow it it didn't become reggaeton at all, and it turned into this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe thank God. Yeah. I don't know. I was. <laughs> That's that's probably why it took me so long to find a vocal hook because I was just I was channeling Justin Bieber for a long time uh, during all of this. Uh, what was the, Justin Bieber doing reggaeton? <laughs> oh, like everything he's done with like Diplo and Major Lazer. I don't know. Oh, okay, oh, well, that, yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, I I kind of threw that out to Charlie and, and he he like does what Charlie does and legit came back in about uh, I would say less than a day with this beat which this is a trait that charlie has I'll, I'll i will send him just a completely shitty horrible produced beat that i've come up with i'm like i've got this really cool idea and like vocally it's gonna be great and then he'll send it back to me two hours later and be like oh i just i like i just did some stuff with it and it's just this beautiful <laughs> like beautifully produced track and i'm like what the fuck dude i'll pay you later <laughs> How did, i'll like, pay you later what <laughs> love these compliments <laughs> um but it, it started off with that and and through it, it was something that we were working on as we were releasing a bunch of other tracks and um the writing aspect of it i i wanted to write something sort of about you know the expectations that people or or things you know society or whatever might have for you um and sort of going against those expectations i guess or or sort of the, the norms and, and letting out the sort of the inner animal or something inside you to to do what you want to do to to do the things that are most important to you as 
a, a person. And, and that's really um, what I was looking to, to kind of convey in sort of the vocal aspects of this. And, um, but also matching to the, the energy of uh, the beat overall, because I think there is a, a really, really good build of energy that, that comes from, yeah. um, from the building into uh, the chorus. And actually that like, there's like that little, like that, that was something we had, we had recorded the vocals in a studio in Brooklyn actually previously. And then I flew to LA to stay with Charlie for a few days. And he's like, you know, why don't we just kind of like improv some stuff, uh, you know, just, just to have as like, you know, like you would see like any pop track, like just a, a vocalist improving over something. And as soon as we, as soon as we turned the mic on, like he turned, he turned on, he pressed record. And I just, I sang that and like that part came out and that we're like hit stop. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Like that, that seems like it can be kind of like a lead piece. And it, we, it's become that, that little vocal piece actually became like a main lead in the, uh, in the chorus itself. So, which is, you know, because we were fiddling around with guitars, fiddling around stuff like that, and just couldn't find anything. And like that little vocal piece just completely drew everything together. What's interesting about that too is you have some compositions that you work on for so long, um, you know, and you just keep trying things, and eventually they come together or they don't, and you just have to put them on the shelf. But um, this is an example with like the beat as a whole; it came together super quickly and hasn't changed much since we laid down vocals right. and got all that together. And then with that little ad lib that we recorded, Ryan mentioned, you know, we tried other synth sounds and um, guitars and things like that. But that hook that he did, that first little hook was the first thing that came out. And it's, you know, the most important little kind of um, ear candy addition that we threw in. But it, it just goes to show that, you know, sometimes the best stuff is the stuff that comes out first. And uh, you have to go through the exercise, I think, of yeah. you know, trying as many things as you can. It's our job. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Don't, um, don't like second guess stuff that just comes out and feels really great right out of the gate. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, that's like the truest thing for Charlie. And I, like every single time I send something to Charlie from a vocal standpoint, he'll be like, oh, this is great. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to keep workshopping it. And then I'll go through like two months of sending, nonstop like voice memos thousands of voice memos <laughs> yeah like thousands of voice memos to charlie being like i think this could be cool and he's like yeah but i'm still feeling like that first thing you sent me and then finally we'll be like okay yeah let's just do that first thing it was it was cool the first time so right. it's like don't it's like don't don't keep uh second yeah, guessing yourself just, yeah, you, yeah you, you kind of you have to trust you have to trust your own your instincts yeah absolutely well guys we are coming unfortunately to the end of the show i think all that's left is to roll out the red carpet for you guys so quick note before i do that champions if you want to get all of the links to everything mentioned this in the show please visit www.beyondthebeats.co forward slash listen and you can go and take a listen to any of this on all your favorite streaming platforms and then you can also see the show notes on the site that's beyondthebeats.co forward slash show notes and you'll be able to go and find everything your heart shall desire from this conversation but gents thank you so much for coming on to the podcast seriously it's been 
I know it's been a long time coming. We've been talking about this for a while, but we sincerely appreciate you guys coming on. And this is really just a chance for you to give some shout outs if you have any, if you want to plug your socials, tell people, tell our listeners how they can connect with you, how can they find you and how can they listen to you? Uh, they can call or text me at four zero eight. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, I was like, I'm definitely gonna have to cut that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, our 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 Instagram is uh, uh, we are fair band. Um, we are fair on Twitter. Uh, and as far as like plugging anything, you know, we, we're we're hopefully gonna get these uh, these next few releases out. Um, I think we're we're gonna be. Uh, working with uh, Rob Garza again and uh, hopefully working on another track with him um, nice. here in the near future. And uh, yeah, uh, Charlie, anything anything that I'm missing as far as plugs? No, I mean, we got wearefair.com also. You know, oh, yes. Got a pledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Charlie, because it, it'll point Charlie, you to all the other things, you know? Exactly. So. That's, yeah, that's a good, that's a good aggregator for all of that. <laughs> exactly. We're all uh, about good and, aggregators. Also, also designed uh, and uh, everything by Charlie Maynard himself. Wearefair.com. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, he nice, did, did everything. Highly encourage anyone to just uh, get into design in any capacity that they can because it's monumental when you're uh, you've got a music project. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to reach out to anybody. You just put together a Squarespace site, do your thing. So, shout mm-hmm. out to Squarespace. Squarespace. Um, <laughs> this, this podcast so, is brought to you. So is this podcast Squarespace. sponsored by Squarespace? Like every other podcast out there? It is now. I also uh, would just like to thank you guys. It's Samir and Alec, it's yeah. been such a pleasure. It's been so fun to talk with you it's guys. It's been great. And, uh, to everyone out there listening, we're just so happy to share our music with you. I mean, thank you for having us, honestly. Like, this is, you know, it's it's really cool to be to be able to do something like this. And, and we appreciate you guys highlighting our work. Our pleasure. You already know that we'll be we'll be supporting all your upcoming releases on our show as well. Like we just got to get your music out there, man. You guys got some fantastic, fantastic tunes, and we just want to help get that to to a new audience and a bigger audience as well. So, dudes, thank you so much, and I'm sure we'll all be talking real, real soon. Good luck with the with the upcoming releases, and we can't wait to see them finally on, on some Spotify playlists and things like that. So, thank you, thanks, guys. guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Cheers. <laughs>